0: This is the Implant Games Podcast with Chris and Austin. The show where we talk about old school games, collecting, YouTube, and more. This is episode 50, The Future of Gaming. Enjoy! (laughs) Welcome to episode 50! 50 of the Implant Games podcast. I'm your host, Chris Genthy. With me, as always, is Austin Mackert. And uh, it's been a little while since uh, we've recorded, Austin. What have you been up to? A little while is an exaggeration. Oh, I guess it's only been like a week, Chris. Well, I believe the Earth is like (laughs) 4.6 billion years old. So, in the grand scheme of things, I mean, we just like recorded a a moment ago. But no, uh, I had a bunch of Pokemon tournaments, a bunch of races, and you had a bunch of pinball tournaments, Um, so there was like a a four-week period where we were both just not available Saturday or Sunday, and uh, you work Monday nights now, so that was off the table as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, about a month ago, my schedule switched, and now I have to work Mondays, um, which was bad for recording, because that was going to be our new designated recording day. and would have been nice and convenient, but... Now I'm uh, off on weekends though, so um So it's back to the old schedule. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> did of. you did you have four tournaments? Uh yeah Did I'm, you go to four? I had I had four, yeah. I went to four. Okay. Uh there was gonna be a fifth one I was going to attend, but it was on Father's Day and I was like, you know, I should probably spend time with my dad yeah, yeah. instead of I went you know, down to my dad he's right down well. the street. No. So. I, did I have no excuse. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the people in the pinball community are like, what? Come to the tournament. Tournament?" My parents are like 3,000 miles away. And I was like, well, mine's down the street. So I had the luxury of actually being able to see Man. them when I want. So uh, I should definitely spend the day with them.
0: That is what I did as well. Six hours <laughs> in a car, but it was worth it. <laughs> um, so how did you do in your uh, tournaments?
1: Um. Not great. Um, In one of them, there was a knockout tournament with some pretty good players, and I actually did okay. I got like 5th or 6th place on that one. Nice. Or maybe it was like 4th place. Uh, I got higher up than I thought I would, and uh, that was fun. The other ones, not so much. One was just a a new pinball launch party, and this was the tournament that was just kind of unexpected. I messaged you one night, I was like, yeah, I'm going to another tournament tomorrow, so we can't record. And, I'm like, uh, just go. Don't feel bad.
0: Yeah. <laughs> go have fun. <laughs>
1: It'll be all right. So that that was a unique tournament. So I didn't do too well there, but the, the hitch was that everybody was playing. It was a tournament on the brand new Metallica pinball machine that just came out. So it's like nobody was really familiar with the game. So it was really hit or miss. <laughs> so um,
0: you didn't get to practice on the pinball arcade.
1: No, no. Well, I mean that's not even really good practice either because the physics are so bad compared to you know the real life thing. But, uh, yeah, last weekend was actually uh, an interesting one. Um, I wasn't actually playing that well, and I was about to get knocked out. And then this was a tournament at a guy's house, actually. He uh, hosted the tournament. About 30-something players showed up. Dang. And about halfway through the tournament, the power went out on his street. (laughs) (laughs) And it took about two to three hours for the power to come back up. And once it came back up, he was like half the people had left, so he went ahead and canceled the tournament, but, and then uh, the guys were like, hey, you know, we can still do, like, another side tournament that's not for worldwide ranking points or anything like that, just, like, a tournament amongst ourselves, right, and it was a cash tournament, so we went ahead and did that, and uh, I ended up getting second place on that, so that was kind of the highlight, nice. and I ended up winning, like, 40 or 50 bucks just... <laughs> from like a a side tournament that doesn't matter much but there were some really good players playing so it that felt good to actually you know manage that. But yeah. No, no uh no wins and uh you know. So here's my matters. question for you Austin
0: so. when you are playing in these tournaments and things don't go your way uh do you handle yourself like you do on your let's play videos or uh, do you show a little more <laughs> restraint? <laughs> That was a low blow. <laughs>
1: no, much more restraint. Uh, yeah, in a competitive play, I've never been, I've never gotten too terribly angry. Um, playing by myself is a different story sometimes. I've gotten a lot better about it since I've been playing for a couple years now. When I first started playing that first year, especially, I would get really, really angry at the machines. Uh, more angry when nobody was around because <laughs> no one would hear me scream. Nobody was there to uh, judge you. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, in the tournament situation, yeah, I, I handle myself really well. Some players, they, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't want to be seen as the guy that just kicks the crap out of the machines when he, you know, does something stupid and makes himself drain. Um, right, right. Which is exactly what happens in most of these tournaments. Is I usually do something stupid, which makes me lose. Um, there were a couple rounds in these tournaments I went to that I could have stayed in the tournament if I didn't do something stupid. You know, yeah. like drop the flipper when I wasn't supposed to, and the ball goes straight down the middle. It's things like that shouldn't happen. But when you're, when you know what it's like playing in a competitive uh, scenario, when yeah. you you're playing with other competitors, and it's you know serious business like it's for money or it's for ranking points or whatever it's yeah there's a lot more pressure i have this anxiety uh inside me that's really coming to the forefront that's not there when i'm just playing by myself or just playing casually with friends Mm -hmm. and that really really clouds your judgment and your reaction times and Uh, It's something that, you know, with more and more practice in a tournament setting, you start to get used to it a little bit more, but I'm still at the point where it's, you know, I'm very anxious when I compete, so um, that definitely gets in the way of, of, well, my abilities, so. (laughs) Yeah, in
0: Pokemon I used to, like, especially in the first round of a tournament, I was very jittery, you know, like you just can't quite hold still, your hands are a little shaky and, uh, (laughs) you know. So I, I don't really have that anymore, you know, because it just starts to feel very routine. But there were definitely, when I started, like, you know, just nerves. Yeah. Thankfully, I didn't have to, you know, manage a flipper, so <laughs> it didn't really matter. So anyway, congrats on your second place non-premier, I guess, win of sorts. <laughs> um, of sorts, yeah. I had three Pokemon tournaments, and uh, I finished first, seventh, and third, so I was pretty happy about that. Nice. And uh, go-karting, my last weekend I actually did really well. I took pole for the first time. Uh, I've I've never taken that before, so in qualifying I had the fastest lap. And uh, it was actually the first time all year. There's two guys that are kind of uh, leagues ahead of everybody else, and I'm starting to finally catch up to them. And it was the first time one of those two didn't get pole, so that was pretty exciting. And then from there I went on to win my first heat, and then in the second heat I spun out. (laughs) Uh, kind of stupid, got on the brakes a little hard in a turn It was either, you know press the brakes harder or, or run into the guy in front of me and I, I made the wrong choice, I should have just hit him and uh, slowed myself down that way and then in the feature race the third race, I finished second, so I got a second overall, but I was really excited to get my first pole and, and get a win where it wasn't luck, you know, I went out there and earned it, so it's been a yeah. uh, pretty good competitive uh, Pokemon and go-karting these last four weeks, but uh uh, Pokemon's pretty much done till September for me, so uh, yeah, I have more weekend time free for uh, recording again.
1: Okay, and then um, once September rolls around, or October-ish, once go-karting lets up, I guess Sundays will probably be our new days to record.
0: Yep, so yeah, October, go-karting will be done, and then we can either do, it all just depends. The tournaments, sometimes there's a lot, sometimes there's not. It'll all work yeah. out. But this okay. past three weeks for both of us was just really, really busy, and we both yeah. have other hobbies that we must, uh, you know, not let go.
1: Well, I wasn't planning on getting into pinball; it just kind of happened. So, and here I am now. <laughs> <laughs> so, the first
0: topic of the show, which Austin didn't want to talk about, um, and to be fair, he's probably right. But it's uh, obviously the uh, Xbox One and the PlayStation Four uh, were oh, announced a few we weeks have back. To? No. <laughs> It's kind of been, uh, you know, it's been a really long time since we've had new consoles. I mean, prior to this, we pretty much always had a new console every three to four years or even every year uh, in the early 90s. So it's been kind of, uh, I guess the Wii U came out, but nobody really cared.
1: I care. You care. Now. <laughs> I didn't care, actually, when it came out, but now no. I care. I think it's a great system. Yeah. Spent you, posted, you posted,
0: you posted that Luigi, what was it? Uh, Luigi U. Luigi U, and that actually, um, I had no idea that existed for one, and then just watching that, it kind of made me want a Wii U, if I'm honest.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Mario games and the Wii U are, god, they're, they're, they're really good. I, yeah. I was a little underwhelmed with New Super Mario Bros. U when it first came out, but playing it a lot, you know, the more time you sink into it, uh, it just starts to feel really natural, and it starts mm-hmm. to feel like, wow, this is a really fresh Mario game, it's really fun, and, uh... <laughs> Luigi U is an expansion pack. It's DLC for it. Um and it basically shortens the levels, makes it harder, and gives you Luigi style traits, like the the taller jump and the yeah. he he wiggles his feet when you uh get to the his peak of his jump. <laughs> like and, in uh, Mario two. Yep, yep, just like that. And uh you have a shorter time limit so the stages you have to rush through them through them faster. It's kinda like the new Super Mario Brothers U Hard Mode, and uh, they remixed all eighty-something stages in the game, so it's basically like a brand new game. Yeah. Um, on the same world map, it's really cool. It's DLC for twenty bucks, and then there's going to be a disc release come August for thirty dollars.
0: Will that be a so, standalone or an standalone expansion? Standalone on the
1: disc. Standalone on the disc release. The DLC is. DLC, unfortunately, so you have to have New Super Mario Bros. U. But, I mean, you're probably going to have that game anyway if you have a Wii U. It's yeah. one of the flagship games, in my opinion. So,
0: And then uh, the Sonic game, it kind of looked like Sonic Extreme, the canceled game on the Sonic Saturn.
1: Lost World, yeah, I'm definitely buying that on day one. The, I've the music seen some gameplay graphics. footage on that. It looks great.
0: So yeah. I kind of, uh, you know, I wish the Wii U was a, a better entertainment device, and I think it will be as time goes on. Like, I use my 360 for Hulu Plus and Netflix um, and Amazon Instant Video. Those are on the Wii U. Yeah, but it's, I don't know, is it as good as it is on the 360? The experience itself, is it fine? Yeah. Yeah?
1: I so, mean, I haven't messed with Hulu Plus or Amazon Video because, you know, I've already got a Netflix subscri- subscription. Mm-hmm. Netflix is fine. It's just like it is on the other platforms I've used. Yeah. Um, you can even do YouTube. Which you can do on you know 360, uh, but the Wii U you actually have options. You can either use the YouTube app, or you can actually just view YouTube from the internal web browser. Cool. Which is the preferred way to do it. So you can actually just browse YouTube from the internet yeah. like you would on a PC, which is pretty cool.
0: Um, so yeah, that's nice. It seems like Nintendo's starting to understand digital downloads. That's the impression I'm getting, anyway.
1: Not quite yet. No, not a hundred percent. You still yeah. can't transfer your stuff between consoles, which is that's their biggest problem right yeah, now.
0: Yeah, that's uh, pretty <laughs> weird. But hopefully yeah. that gets resolved as well. And then, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to warm I'm up to the Wii U a little bit more. I mean, just watching the 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 Xbox uh, press videos and the PlayStation Four, I, none of it really excites me at all. If I'm honest, I mean, I don't really need. I, I don't care about you know the yearly Madden, Call of Duty, and Halo game. Um, I just don't care.
1: Yeah, same here. But you know what? I was actually, you know... I really don't want to talk about this topic, but... <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. You no, no, I was, say. I, was, uh, I was actually pretty impressed with the visuals. I wasn't expecting the next generation to be a big step at all, but I have to say I was actually kind of impressed with the graphics, yeah. the graphical improvements. Uh, But, I mean, again, the games, it's like... It, it seems like it's basically signifying more of the same of what we got in this yeah. generation, just... Better visuals, you know. Um, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot else that's being brought to the table, um, except for on Microsoft's and They're trying to go the whole entertainment route, and that's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, but, I was. Yeah,
1: I don't really use that stuff, so it's like, ah, it's, yeah. it's cool, but it doesn't it doesn't work for me because that's not what I really need, you know. Yeah. So, but
0: it. it You know, I don't. It would be really cool. Like I've got ATT UVerse, and it would be really neat. Um, you know, if I had the UVerse TV service to actually use my 360 to interact with that, rather than you know whatever box ATT gives you, stuff like that, I find mildly exciting. I'm never going to get cable or satellite, so it really doesn't impact me at all. Yeah. Um, but I think it's important. I thought both consoles got a lot of slack for the way they looked, but I actually thought they both looked pretty good. Sony's typically, since the PlayStation One anyway has had hideous consoles, so it's kind of nice to see them, you know, kind of restrain themselves and just make a box.
1: uh, Like the PS2, especially, it was almost kind of like it was laughable back in two thousand. Futuristic, artistic, (laughs) almost. It was weird. I mean. When like it was designed to be put up in the vertical manner, most people did it horizontally. I think, mm-hmm. but you put it up in the vertical manner, and you have the stand. It looked like almost like a rock. It was ship. arrogant.
0: <laughs> it was like oh, a monolith was, or something. I don't know. Yeah, it, it was hideous. All the the hard edges and like the, the the gills, and I, I really didn't like it at all. <laughs> um, I, I'll yeah, take I, my I liked cast, it. I please. liked it once
1: I had it. Like it's got the big PS2 logo on the side when you have it standing vertically, mm-hmm. and it's uh, um and you can rotate the little PS icon on this tray up so it's it's facing the right way when it's vertical I I like the reason I I like I'm actually liking the PS4 design because it's kind of a throwback to the PS2 design a little bit Mm -hmm. it's uh, more reminiscent of the PS2 design than the PS3 ever was or could have been Um, so I'm liking that the Xbox One it looks like it's a good looking machine but it's so huge I mean the other Xboxes were huge as well, but, uh, i I, I don't think you can stand this new one vertically though, which is my biggest problem. Uh, ever since the PS2, I've been standing my systems vertically. I mm-hmm. mean, my 360, uh, PS2, and, uh, my Wii all stood vertically. Not that the Wii is really big at all, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, still, it's, it's good for saving space and uh, I don't think you're going to be able to do that with the Xbox One, unfortunately. But
0: For me, and me and Austin actually differ a lot on a lot of the, which is good, because it'll make for a lot more interesting conversation, and we both have, you know, we're both 30, and we have enough respect to not, you know, get all fanboyish, Um, but both of them will look good, would look good in my entertainment center, in my living room. You know, unobtrusive, you know, obvious what they are, but it's not like my white Xbox 360, which just sticks out like a sore thumb. I mean, even My <laughs> Xbox One that's under my TV, you know, looks at home and the three sixty yeah.
1: just looks absurd. Well, I like that uh the Xbox three sixty slim, they kinda fix that a little bit. You know, it's a black system, it's got yeah. a well at least the, the older ones have a glossy finish. Um it doesn't stand out like a sore thumb. Yeah. Speaking like of three
0: sixty, I um my my second Xbox three sixty finally red ringed.
1: But you had one of the older models? Okay.
0: Um yeah, I had a launch day that died right near the 3 year mark and then obviously Microsoft did their giant thing. So I got a replacement, that one got fixed. Gosh, you know, I might have three dead 360s. I'm not even sure anymore.
1: Oh god, huh. that's uh that's terrible.
0: I'm trying to think. No. I'm glad I haven't had to deal
1: with that once. My brother had a red ring, but then again, we're talking about my brother who never cleans out his systems or anything like that. It is.
0: I had my original Xbox die, and then I bought another one while waiting for it to get repaired, And then uh, the repaired one has since died. And then that second one I bought has died. So I've had three dead 360s. Um, But I was able to find another original 360 arcade. So it has the white disc tray. But it's a a 2010 build date. It was one of the last ones before they went with the Slim model. So I was able to just plug in my hard drive and all my cables and no drama. So uh, hopefully this one will go the distance, obviously. You know, I've got a bunch of cave shooters I'm probably going to want to play in 10 years. So hopefully I'm able to.
1: Well, your biggest uh, issue is going to be whether you can re-download them or not, if it does die. And that's going to be the question. The
0: the discs. The hard, uh, you know, the Oh, you've got the actual hard discs. Oh, you'll be fine then. Yeah. Until Um, three years from now when this one red rings.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, then you want to invest in a slim. Like, supposedly, there haven't been too many problems with those. And they can't even red ring. The red light's not even there, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) So, even if it does red ring, you're not going to know right away. Yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so it's unfortunate that it died but i guess it is what it is yeah i'm happy is to find greg from uh the the game trade here near me was able to hook me up he, he looked through his stock and gave me the you know the most recent build date so i was happy about yeah. that and then i just i don't even know what they go for i just told him to keep everything but the power cable and he gave it to me for a hundred bucks which i don't think is too bad
1: no um yeah, I mean, just the Slims are the way to go now. If anybody's thinking about buying a 360, don't invest in an old used one. It's it's like a ticking time bomb. You know? It's like <laughs> it's like an old car that you've been driving for 15 like to 20 years. Trying to it's, ease it in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you
0: haven't had a 360 Red Ring, what will happen is for about two weeks it will work for about five minutes and then it will freeze and then you know it's on its way out.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So you it know finally died. I.
1: I I had a launch unit and in 2000 oh boy I think it was either 2007 or 2008 I sold it and um cuz I needed to make ends meet I needed to pay my rent and mm-hmm. you know still to this day I wonder how how far if it's made it made it it. <laughs> it was it was working fine uh those 3 years I had it and I for uh well actually a really long time I played the crap out of that system I pretty much lived in my 360 for a while and, um, you know, those early years in the 360, I think were, were, were pretty unique, pretty exciting. fun. Um, yeah, were exciting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I sold it on eBay, so I don't even know where it went to, or I don't remember where it went to anyway, and I don't know who has it. So, and it could be in some junkyard now for all I know. Or yeah, I'm still sure it's used. Dead. <laughs> I'm curious. Well, you know, what was kind of interesting about mine is, um, In my apartment, it was freezing. Like, even when we had the heat on, it was absolutely blistering cold in my apartment. And I had my 360 sitting, uh, my little mini entertainment center was pretty much next to my window where it was like the coldest. Mm -hmm. And you know, the biggest problem with the 360s is they overheat and all the paste goes everywhere and it's, it kills everything. Um. But with, like, it pretty much being frozen half the time, being next to that window, I wonder if that, like, helped extend its life. Uh, yeah, very well could have. Overheating too much, so. Um But then again, that doesn't account for the summer times when it got too hot, so maybe I'm just, yeah, maybe that doesn't really add up, but. Luck yeah, I drunk. still wonder where it is today, so. But I'm actually kind of glad I got rid of it before any of that happened. Yeah. Like, that was before before it became a paperweight. Yeah. That was before (laughs) the Red Rings really started happening as uh, problematically as they are now. So, um, but I got a Slim in 2010. And uh, yeah, I haven't looked back. Slim has been great to me. 250 gig hard drive. It, you know, it's only crashed a couple times. And,. You know, it's hard to say whether that's because of Microsoft's botched updates in their (laughs) new dashboards or if it's because of, you know, games or the buggy nature of some of the games. So, but it's treated me pretty well. It's a good little system, it seems. So, it gets pretty damn hot, though. Yeah. I mean, when I first got this thing, I was like, wow. I I was like, you sure these aren't going to red ring, Microsoft? (laughs) (laughs) This is pretty, this is pretty hot. So I could like cook some bacon on here if I wanted to. Yeah, well,
0: maybe that's a good thing. The heat is exiting instead of getting trapped inside.
1: That's true. That's very true.
0: Or it's just that hot inside, too. Who knows? So anyway, <laughs> the 360 gets announced, and Microsoft, um, uh, they made an interesting decision. And I kind of just didn't even notice. I, I had no idea that so many people were going to hate this. I was kind oh, of Oh, you're
1: talking about the Xbox naive.
0: One. Yeah, so sorry. The Xbox One. They announced that, uh, with the games, um, you would be able to install them to the hard drive and then you would kinda, you wouldn't have to put the disc in the console to play it like you do on the 360 if you install it. And, um, anybody in your house would be able to play that title because it would be, I guess, saved in the cloud. And then if you were at somebody's house and you logged in with your Xbox Live account, you would be able to access that, you know, downloaded copy of that game that originated on the disc. And then the downside would be, you know, that disc wouldn't really be useful to anybody else. And, um, people were really upset about it. And, uh, I actually just, I didn't even notice. Like when I heard about it, I was really excited. Um, you know, I thought about God, you know, games that I've had to buy twice you know, so that we can play them upstairs and downstairs uh, at the same time. And, you know, I was excited for that whole family aspect. And, you know, it's kind of like Android. You know, I can just reset my phone, you know, if it starts acting slow and wonky, and then I instantly still have access to everything I did, you know, from the cloud. And I was really excited about it. But other people um were, I guess, really liked that experience of of buying used copies of games and were really upset at the thought of yeah, that being taken I, I, away.
1: well, I think it's not so much that I think it's more people want to be in control of what they spend $500 on, mm-hmm. you know. And that's the problem is Microsoft announced this scheme, which actually, on paper, it actually sounds really great. But, you know, for not having that physical product in your hands that you can, you have 100% control over, um, they're not offering you any savings. They're not passing you any savings. They're not lowering the prices of games. You're still going to pay... 60 dollars for a bunch of bits on your hard drive and it's like you know people were up in arms about that and i think people got angry because microsoft was just introducing it as sort of like an all or nothing situation um i think the better way to go would have been to ease people into it like continue how this current generation has been going offer games both on disc that can be traded and resold without any problems and then offer your download games, just yeah, like you now. that was the other piece, 3. which
0: is pretty cool is it was like it sounds like all new games will be available uh digitally on day one, yep, so mm-hmm. you know if you want that new halo game, you don't have to go wait in a line, you can yeah. just download it at midnight. um I think, and we might both be agreement on this, I think like three or four years from now, none of this will matter because nobody will buy discs. Um, I look at services, like most of my movie consumption is very rarely on Blu-ray. Um, I usually, I kind of have a cap of $10 uh, for Blu-ray. I, I won't spend, you know, 25 35 or more on, uh, on a Blu-ray disc. I will just uh, buy it off Amazon instead digitally and then access it, you know, on whatever device I want, wherever I want. And uh, same with music is a little different. I buy a lot of music on vinyl. Um, but I also buy a lot of music on the Amazon MP3 store, and uh, I can totally see that happening with video games as well. I mean, you know, if a AAA game, you know, in six months, you know, goes on sale for 20 bucks, I mean, you know, I think that's going to appeal to people, much like Steam has pretty much taken over the PC world, has it not?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's uh, Steam is definitely the most popular, but there are quite a few other yeah, I think uh, Steam has something titles,
0: like a 48 so. or 52% of the, of the market yeah. on the PC side. I did a little research. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I can see where people got really upset. Um, but I think people aren't, I think it's just doesn't, it's not going to matter because discs are going to die. You know, we talked about this a couple of years ago. Um, this very thing we talked about, you know, uh, is digital going to be where it's at? And a couple of years ago, I don't, I wasn't sure. You know, just that whole, you know, browsing on the shelf, buying used games and things like that. I wasn't really convinced, but my, my consumption of media has changed so much in the last two years. Um, that I, I really think that this whole issue won't matter. I just wish Microsoft would have handled it, you know, a lot better. Hey, and discs, blah, blah, it. blah. But look what we're going to do. Everything digital on day one. You know what I mean? We'll be have the opportunity to have sales. You know, you'll be able to let your friends borrow your digital games. you only need one copy for your whole house. So if you want to play Minecraft, you know, with three of your family members, you don't have to buy Minecraft three times. That to me is really exciting. And I, I wish the press and the gamers would have got that message rather than the, uh, oh, I can't sell used games or buy used games. Like, you know what I mean? A AAA title isn't going to be $60 for five years. I mean, obviously it's going to lower it. There's going to be sales, you know, there's going to be buy one, get ones, you know, just like there is on Steam. So I think people overreacted myself. I and mean, that's not you. You were not like on the, Facebook, I hate Microsoft, I hope they die. Maybe it's just been so long since we had a console <laughs> war that I forgot what this was all about.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't I think that, you know, the points you bring up are really good, but I don't I think there's a lot more people out there that uh, don't want to switch to all digital or they at least want to have that yeah. option. I think it'll you know, come at a different like I, pace. Like for different I said, people. like I said, if they want to pass the savings on the people and one of the I think one of the biggest reasons Steam has worked and it's caught on as much as it has is because of the sales. Mm-hmm. And Steam does not joke around with their sales. I mean a yeah. sixty dollar <laughs> game will go to twenty dollars or a thirty dollar game will get marked down to five dollars for yeah. a day. You know, I have over three hundred games in my Steam profile. <laughs> Most of them were under five bucks. Yeah. You know, and that's games like the Bioshock series, um, Max Payne 3. I made an exception, spent mm-hmm. $15 on it when it was still a 40 or $50 game. Um, you know, lots of things like that. I have all the Mass Effects. I have pretty much mo- a lot of the modern games because they were marked down to five bucks or less for, you know, one of their, one of their, you know, you know, specials. They have specials. Yeah. They have huge holiday sales. Uh, they have summer sales. They have springtime sales. It's, that right and there is what I'm excited They have, they have weekend deals about. every single weekend. Every single weekend they have a, a, a special in a sale. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they do midweek madness sales. There's always something being discounted on Steam. And if Microsoft and I think Nintendo needs to catch on to this as well. Yeah. If they want their you know their all digital download sections to really catch on, and you want people to adopt it uh, and not worry about. You know, losing their right to not really—I don't like to say right—but their their ability Option to resell, or, something. yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we don't, you know, the, the original Xbox when Xbox Live was clicked off, no one could re-download their games on it. Yeah. Um, and we don't know if the same is going to happen to the 360. We already know that it's Xbox One's not backwards compatible with 360. So what happens when? Uh, Live's not available on 360 anymore. Do you, What's going to what happen. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I am not going to invest $60 a pop on games I can't re-download in the future. You yeah. know, we we have built this show up off of games we can revisit from 20 and 30 years ago. If we can't do that, you know, 20 or 30 years from now, if I'm even still alive, it's, you know, I just, I don't see the point in it, you know. Um let if the me... prices, if the prices are lower, you know, if a big budget sixty dollar game is twenty, thirty, maybe forty dollars, you know, that's worth the experience alone to me. But that whole sixty dollars, that's a little much. Right now, I can buy a sixty dollar game, play it for a week, enjoy it, get that experience, sell it for thirty five, or sell it on a forum for forty five, or mm-hmm. you know, something like that. And I have that option, and uh uh. I'm curious
0: yeah. to what's going to happen because obviously offering it digitally versus retail, um, I want to say I was reading, it was like, uh, I don't remember, but the cost difference to not have to manufacture it, ship it, truck it, you know, have a retailer take their cut or have a wholesaler take their cut is, is pretty huge. And I'm very curious to see what's going to happen when inevitably, you know, m- Best Buy and Walmart kind of get sliced out of the picture when, you know, Microsoft, a, a brand new game could be 50 digitally or 60 in the store. You know, how, how is that going to change everything? Yeah. You know, is, are they going to stop? Okay, Microsoft, we're not going to sell your games anymore because you've upset us. And then, you know, I mean, that's it. Discs are over. Yeah. Uh, on the flip side, obviously I love collecting and I have a huge collection. I don't know. You know, I'm not sure how I feel. Uh, am I going to care? Is that, you know, 20 years from now, am I going to be looking for that super rare three or Xbox One game? I'm not really sure how all that's going to play out.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's hard to see in the future. I mean, people's... But on the flip people's side... Interest, people's interests change. You know, like, I'm not quite as passionate about gaming as I once was. Yeah. And who knows how I'll feel 10, 20 years from now. Will I even
0: care about any, you know, Xbox games? (laughs) Maybe my
1: interests will just completely shift. Maybe I won't even play that many video games anymore. Maybe I won't collect at all. Maybe I won't do anything creative in terms Mm -hmm. of video games, you know, like a podcast or internet videos or reviews or things like that. But uh, I don't know what the future is going to look like, though. But as I stand now, if I'm kind of similar to how I am in the future, or I'm sorry, if in in the future I'm kind of similar to how I am now, then I, I know I am going to care. So it's like, I kind of care now. so. But um, on the
0: flip side, you have, you know, 300 Steam titles and then, you know, all the good old games titles. Yeah, exactly. And, and I've got a lot of good old console. games titles.
1: And the good old games titles, I'm more willing to spend money because I can copy them at yeah, will. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um,
1: I mean, God, countless times I've been at my mom's house <laughs> for some holiday and I'm bored to tears because my dad and my brother, they always talk about band crap and my mom just kind of does her own thing, and I'm just sitting there in the middle, like, okay, let's download some good old games, you know, because DRM-free, I can install these old DOS games on any computer I want, and it's great. It's like the old days of PC gaming when I would take my Doom Two disc and just <laughs> bring it and put it on any computer that yeah. I came across, and, and same with Quake, you know, things like that, Raptor, Call of the Shadows, but that's that hasn't good old games has done a good job of you know with the the, the no d r m thing that's got me to buy more games from there than yeah. i I would have normally,
0: but let's say uh, you know you're at your you know your aunt's house and they have an xbox one and uh you know they just have a bunch of Barbie games and then you just log into your account and then you know you play anything that you own,
1: well, except you're gonna have to log into your account, download the games, which is not a joke when your games are like. Three gigabytes Mm -hmm. in size Um, you know Microsoft was like well you could just log in and download your game I'm like it's not gonna go that fast you Mm -hmm. know it's gonna you're gonna be at some person's house it's gonna take like an hour to download that game if you're lucky I mean well I'll be able to play Minecraft (laughs) in a matter of minutes
0: I assume Hell, Chris.
1: I mean, you on your like ten <laughs> big, ten megabit per second internet service. It's I assume like,
0: we'll all be under the uh, the Google Fiber, you know, network. Oh, I and, hope so. Uh, <laughs> I mean, once that happens,
1: it'll be a different story. But it's, as it stands now, it's it's not as convenient as they're making it yeah, sound. I think we're on the I cusp,
0: mean, though. I, I think we're on the beginning of kind of a, a shift. And well, I, no, think I,
1: I I really hope so because just fiber in in itself doesn't seem like it's caught on as fast as it probably should have. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of areas still don't have access to uh, a fiber optic based internet service. I mean, they've got regular cable and DSL, whatever. But you know, like FiOS, Verizon FiOS, you know.
0: Yeah, you and I are they, both on fiber, UVerse and yeah. FiOS.
1: So, oh, uh, actually, I'm not. I'm on cable. I forgot. Oh, did you um, switch? Well, no, oh, I got cable moved. when I moved in because the speeds were the same and yeah. it costs like $20 less a month. So I was mm-hmm. like, I'll try this. And the first month it was really rocky. It was really bad. But then just out of nowhere it was like, it, I haven't had any problems since like November. So it's been very fast for me. Um, so I've stuck with it, but. Uh, had it started to act up again, I was going to switch over to Verizon. Yeah. Pay that extra money, but get higher speed, go for like 50 megabits per second. (laughs) Um, That's pretty, that's pretty nuts. On the flip side, I had the money I'd go for a (laughs) hundred. So, you
0: know, I haven't really paid much attention. I don't know if all of the Microsoft hate kind of died and we're kind of back on a level playing field where the Xbox fanboys are going to buy the Xbox and the Sony fanboys are going to buy the PlayStation. I kind of think that's probably where it'll just settle. I, I don't really see any reason for either gamer that's you know already invested in a certain ecosystem would switch. I don't really see that happening.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, now that uh, Microsoft's announced that they're not doing the always online stuff, and yeah. I think it's going to be more like it is now. Just
0: now, yeah.
1: And um, but I'm you know because of what Microsoft did and how kind of heavy handed it was, I I'm more inclined to go with uh, PS4 next generation. Uh, so um, Sony
0: can have a security leak and all of your personal information uh, hacked while uh, the PlayStation Network is down for a few weeks. That Sony? <laughs> Shut off <up, man. laughs> <laughs> that Microsoft <That's> the- <laughs> That let half their systems die in people's hands. Oh no, and, kidding! You know, a billion dollar mistake. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. Uh, you think
1: about Sony is that um, you know they're going to do a paid service now if you want online multiplayer, and I think that's uh, I think that's going to help them. Secure their crap a little bit better. They have no yeah. excuse now. They have absolutely no excuse. They have to. So, Microsoft's yeah. done it for
0: a long time, and I, I've had no problem spending my $60 a year on Xbox Live. It, you know, it's rock solid reliability. Um, yeah. And my I, problem, problem with Xbox problem Live with
1: that. is that, for one, I barely play games online anymore. So I'm paying the $60 to watch Netflix, which I can do on other devices. Yeah. That's and true. And They still spam me with ads on the main dashboard. And that's Mm -hmm. not, that's not a positive experience for me. I think that's, I'm paying money. Why are you putting ads on my console? You know. I have a question for
0: you. Have we seen the, the PlayStation 4 dashboard at all?
1: Um, I don't know. Me either. (laughs) I didn't watch the, the video conference for the, the the PlayStation 4. I just watched watched a couple clips. I was at work.
0: I watched the Engadget like live live blog, that's how it kind of consumed everything. Yeah. I think in the end they're they're both more similar than they are not. Yeah. And, I, and you know, it just kind of depends. Do your friends play Xbox or do your friends play PlayStation? Mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. really sure. Obviously the other difference is the, the hundred dollar difference in price. Not really sure. I mean four hundred dollars for a PlayStation 4 still isn't cheap. Like let's be honest. Uh, well, it would be nice if both of them were came out. Well, you could get the uh, you could get the base one for two ninety nine. That's yeah. how I had to survive for a few weeks with my little whatever sixty four megabit yeah. memory card. On a three
1: sixty launch, I bought the four hundred dollar unit, and it was definitely worth it because you got the bigger hard drive. Yeah, I thought it was that big back then. It was big um, back then 20, well, 20 gigabytes. <laughs> well, it actually wasn't twenty gigabytes. It was twenty, and then seven gigabytes were oh, taken it was up missing. by like yes, it was actually only thirteen gigabytes. So you didn't get the whole 20 I'm um,
0: still using my original
1: but you you, get, you got the uh, the actual DVD remote for it, which I still have and I still use, uh, and you got a headset and blah blah blah, so it was it was the better deal for uh, you know but uh, mine
0: Walmart, there were two of the expensive ones and then eight of the lesser expensive ones, and I was seventh in line, so I didn't have a choice.
1: <laughs> i pre-ordered mine <laughs> did you
0: i waited at walmart it was it was awesome i'll never do it I did again that for the first xbox i did that did for the first
1: xbox so i waited out front in front of best buy except it was in november and it was freezing yeah and um i got there i think around 4 a.m and um you know so that was fun uh, definitely some memories there
0: so to close out on the xbox one so we both kind of agree in the future it won't matter Microsoft should have handled things better. No,
1: I don't I don't really agree with that. I never no? said No, I don't I think it's too early to tell still. Yeah. I think uh I think that if it's if they want it to not matter in the future and I'm talking to the corporations here then they need to give the consumers more incentives to throw away their money because that's what they're doing, you mm-hmm. know. You're throwing, you're you're basically tossing your money up, and you're getting some product that lives in your computer or not on
0: lives in the product.
1: Yeah, Um, so I mean, that for me alone is uh, like I. Like a Nintendo system. If you, if a system dies, your content is locked to that system. And Nintendo is really, really strict That's about so letting absurd. you. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's archaic, but it's, Nintendo is very strict about actually letting you redownload those games. So there's good chances you might not be able to redownload your games. There's one guy, there was an article. Yeah. It was, um,
0: was it Kotoku? When,
1: yeah, when the Wii U came out, the guy screwed up his system transfer or something and then break it's his changed console. You. And Nintendo wouldn't let him re download his four hundred dollars worth of digital titles he bought. And you know, so <laughs> with things like that in place, there needs to be you know many more incentives for me to invest in these digital download only games when something like that can happen and I can just lose my money. Now, a lot of people argue that, well, it's all about the experience. Well, my experience extends over a long period of time, not just a week or a month. You know, I always revisit my games, especially my favorite ones. And if I can't do that, then that's sorry. The incentive's gone. You guys need to do a better job of trying to reel me in and uh, keep me. So, and I think that's that's how a lot of gamers feel, especially... Do you think gamers? They'll do, do you think in, they'll succeed? Where uh, the console
0: world is more like Steam,
1: they might, and I think that's what they're trying to go for. But I think it's, it's still too early to tell. They still have to work out the kinks and streamline things. They need to introduce a lot of sales. Um, you, know, you know, I was like really I was excited to buy
0: a Wii U, and now that you mentioned, I'm like, God damn, I don't want to have to deal with that. <laughs> yeah, it's well, I so mean, silly. It's,
1: the Wii U, you you use it like it is now, you. Buy your games on disc instead of downloading them. Um, so I mean, the Wii U I'm treating like the original Wii, and really the only downloadable titles I've gotten. I bought Luigi U just because I wanted to do a let's play on it right away, which failed because of my stupid ass Roxio Game Capture HD. <laughs> that's another story and another that's, show altogether. No, I need a whole good episode. <laughs> I need the whole. I need. I'll need a whole episode to rant about that. Well. Uh, No, no segue yet, Chris. I'm not done yet. All right, keep going. And, you know, it is... uh, The Wii U, just buy your games on the disc. You know, I bought a couple downloadable titles to test it out, and I did the system transfer the other day uh, from my Wii to Wii U because I wanted to hack my original Wii without losing Uh, all the games I purchased. So I, I system transferred them over to my Wii U, and now my original Wii is free. I can hack it and do whatever I want with it now and not worry about losing my purchased games. So... Um, but aside from those, I, you know, I don't really plan on buying too much download wise for the Wii U. Um, so, but I mean, like I was saying, they just need to, I don't know, we'll see what it's like five ten years from now, you know, in terms of how these, uh, digital marketplaces are in these consoles, but they still got a ways to go if they want to, you know, they're going to have to be a little more like Steam if they want people to, you know, buy into it on a consistent basis like steam. I don't really care. But then again, steam is, you know, (laughs) newer generations of PC hardware will come out and steam will still be compatible. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, these are closed systems still on the console. So it's, 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 you still got that too. Like, are my games going to work on my next generation Xbox? Yeah, that'd be really
0: if, interesting. Yeah, obviously they're they're both based on you know x86 hardware. It's not the the IBM Power PC or whatever. So if, yeah. if they stay with that architecture, architecture, I would imagine, you know, they should be able to kind of maintain that backwards compatibility. And I don't know, that'll be well, interesting I hope to so. see what happens. I mean,
1: I think that's going to be another big big selling point for yeah, people moving between all road digital. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think people would actually be would have been more excited about it had the one been backwards compatible but it wasn't and then they introduced a new model the 360 to sit next to your xbox one it's just be
0: awesome is if the xbox one could then play your xbox games do they use the same uh, processor and gpu not sure what the
1: original xbox Xbox one
0: versus the x the original xbox
1: Um, I mean, I think it might be similar architecture. I mean, because the original Xbox was x86, right? It was a sort of Pentium, uh, a processor based around the Pentium 3, supposedly, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, well, it obviously Hmm. has to be x86, so...
0: That would be pretty awesome to pop in the original Halo in the Xbox One that and would play it in 1080p awesome. full yeah. anti-aliasing. That'd be that'd be awesome.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I loved the original Xbox. I bought that. I was a I was an avid Xbox One supporter. I mean, mm-hmm. I supported everything back then. But the Xbox was kind of like the soft spot for him because yeah. it was new. It was a new company trying to get into it, and Microsoft in the beginning they were catering to gamers. I mean, they courted Sega they brought Shenmue 2 out and you know Outrun and that was Sega Panzer Dragoon all that sort of stuff was there and Microsoft really tried getting those developers to make games like that on the system and you know they they've also kind of I don't know lost their way in that regard they don't really do that so much anymore it's you know they're not but they're also not the new kid on the block anymore yeah I don't know how about we talk about some retro stuff, Chris? Cause I mean, isn't, aren't, aren't we like mostly a retro gaming podcast? We spent 45 minutes talking about stuff I didn't really want to talk about. I
0: believe the intro <laughs> says and more. And Correct more. me if I'm wrong. <laughs> so we talked a lot about and more. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you want to talk about. I'm kind of curious. Um, obviously we both make YouTube videos and that's something that, you know, we're both passionate about watching YouTube and, and creating YouTube videos. And, um, you know, we're both, uh, this year we both bought our first high-definition capture devices, is that correct? Yeah. And uh, I went with the uh, the Elgato El Game Capture HD, you know, beautiful name. And uh, you went with the Roxio...
1: Roxio Game Capture HD Pro. Oh, an extra which word. I'm, <laughs> which I'm trying to sell now if anybody wants
0: it. Uh, what problems did you have with it?
1: A uh, whole lot of problems. Um, oh, geez, man, I don't even know where to start with it. Uh, for one, the software is slow. It's buggy. Mm-hmm. It's uh, sometimes it takes a long time for it to actually, you know, display a picture of what you're trying to record. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't ever display a picture. Sometimes it doesn't ever. Catch a signal, and you've got to <laughs> restart the software. That doesn't work. Restart your computer. That doesn't work. Restart, uh, reseat it. It's uh, there's that, but then the biggest problem well, two biggest problems I was having. Um, on one hand, sometimes it, I guess, it apparently wouldn't write to the files properly.
0: Mm-hmm. Like it
1: would record a three gigabyte video file, and when I would bring it into a conversion program or Vegas or something like that, only the first I don't know, 90 seconds of the video would be there. It would have the entire, say, hour of audio stream there, but only about, you know, a minute and a half of the actual footage was saved. Which, you know, you spend an hour recording the video and only, you know, 5% of it gets saved. There's a problem with that. Big problem. Um, two, the times it did record, uh, it would start glitching up a lot. And this is a common problem you can see in HD capture devices, it seems. You can actually see it in my Super Luigi U gameplay video, although that was done with the Elgato. Uh, probably about halfway mark, um, before I finished the first level, it glitches up real quick. Uh, you can see it in that video. Um, but that was happening all the damn time on the Roxio. All the time. And... If that didn't happen, it would still glitch up in certain situations. Like I did a Super Luigi U Let's Play with my Roxio. Mm-hmm. And after every single level, when the screen would go black, it's like the, the, it's like the capture device had a problem picking up the signal and it would go click, 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 click. And like it would, it's hard to explain, but basically it was almost like a, I don't know how to explain it, but it would basically extend these, these dark sections. Mm-hmm. Like three times longer than they were supposed to be, uh, in the actual gameplay session I did. So once I synced it up with the audio, by the end of the video, the audio was like five minutes behind, or I'm sorry, Oof. five minutes ahead of the actual gameplay. Or sorry, no, the audio was five minutes behind the actual gameplay. And that was just a nightmare to try to, to try to yeah, link up. I got about. A- yeah. I got about a tenth of the way through editing that I you know, hour up. and a half long video <laughs> and I was like No. I, I looked at yeah, I was like, I'm gonna go alright, I have some credit left, I'm gonna buy the Elgato right now. I was so, like I was so desperate. I was like, this is us. Oh, what format did the,
0: the does the Roxio save as? Or uh, export in,
1: M2TS. Okay. Which Vegas is not, uh, 100% compatible with. It'll actually read the video, but it won't read the audio from M2TS. Uh, Vegas Pro 10 anyway, which is what I have. I don't know if Vegas Pro 12 does. Um, it seems
0: like a really odd format. The, the Elgato, um, exports as, uh, the video files H.264 and it's in yeah, an, an MPEG 4 container. container. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I assu- I would have to assume Sony Vegas understands no, that. No, no
1: Vegas Vegas that H.264 is like what Vegas prefers. So awesome. no, con- yeah. So you no, have no the Elgato now, now, right? Yeah. Yep. So
0: and then you just exports a beautiful MPEG4 file, and then Sony Vegas is happy with it. Yep. So how many hours have you wasted because <laughs> of that Roxio? Oh, uh, way too many. <laughs> way too so many. how has yeah. the performance been of the the software?
1: Uh, on the Elgato or the Roxio? Yes, the Elgato. Uh, The Elgato, it's, I like the software. It's, uh, it recognizes a signal. No problems there. It's responsive. Uh, you have more options than you did with the Roxio. You even have more options in the software than you do with the Hapog HD PVRs. Mm -hmm. Uh, I watched a very good video review, uh, comparing both the PVR and the, uh, Elgato. And. Yeah. After watching that video, I was like, You'd be stupid not to buy the Elgato. It's yeah. like after watching this video and you see all the comparisons, like, why would you buy the Hop Hog? It's better better um color quality on, on the Elgato and the software is way better. So it's like Software
0: has some <laughs> awesome features. For one, yeah. you can do uh you can stream, you know, into the box and then back to your T V like ten eighty P sixty frame a second video and it will capture it at thirty frames a second. Um I do everything, all of my stuff is done at 720p, 60 frames a second, just for space issues, and my computer's old, so I don't really even know if I can edit 1080p video on this thing. But another thing I like about it is uh, it lets you do, right from the software, um, you can turn the audio down and then do a commentary over your video, um, which is awesome because then you don't have to try and sync up your voice to... Match the video. I'm not sure if you've played around with that at all.
1: Yeah, no, I'm, I might try, but I like kind of how control. I do my videos right now. Yeah. I like having that control, but I, I like having my audio just at a very set level. Yeah. All the way through the video. So there's not that rise and lower, rise and lower, because sometimes I'm like, I far talk away, like this. And then well, yeah, really I'm close. far away, but I'll talk, I'll talk like sparsely, but like kind of back to back. I'll be like, hi. How are you doing? Or like, okay. Now I'm jumping here. So that the audio would keep like popping in and out repeatedly and that kind of uh, gets on my nerves when I hear that in videos when the audio yeah. is just constantly it's just like a roller coaster off ride of audio. The clipping
0: or whatever it's called. Yeah. What is it called? Clipping? No.
1: Um no. I- um, uh, it's the, the ducking yeah. ducking
0: that's the word yeah. ducking well that yeah. i mean
1: that's why i don't i haven't tried it yet because i was like well i'll just keep doing it how i am right now in mm-hmm. software and the um, only
0: reason because you're absolutely right record it separate you have control over it and you know that's the correct Well, way i also to do it. add
1: my compressors mm-hmm. my eq things like that in in my audio editing program so i mean if there's an audio track recorded kind of side by side i'm not sure if i'll still be able to do that you probably can i just haven't tinkered around with it yet but the
0: one thing i like is because it seems when you you know you've got your video recorded in one program and the audio in the other they never line up right like this podcast that we're that you Mm -hmm. are hearing now when austin sends me his file they're not the same length if i match them up at the beginning by the end they're five seconds off like Stuff like that. So the one thing I liked about it is Five doing it all at once. Five seconds an
1: exaggeration, but yeah. <laughs> Second
0: and a half, maybe two seconds, somewhere around there.
1: Um, it's hard to tell. Yeah, I'm not even I sure mean, how Because then. we're, you know, like I mentioned before, we talked about this off air one time and, you know, it's We talk over our, ourselves a lot anyway, so it's almost kind of hard to tell if we're even synced <laughs> up right. But are just, just both just, talking at the same when time When I edit anyway. it together, I, I listen to various parts, and I say, you know, it still sounds cohesive. It still sounds mm-hmm. like people talking to each other. So I'm like, it doesn't really matter because we're interrupting each other all the time anyway. And <laughs> then the
0: third feature I really like about the, the Elgato is the ability to just stream straight to Twitch, Twitch TV. which yeah. I, uh, I don't have the upload bandwidth for that Uh, I should I think I'm supposed to be getting 3 to 5 megs up and I only get about a meg and a half I don't know why that is Um, but just the ability to you know do the commentary do the video recording and output it all to twitch in real time with one piece of software is pretty cool
1: yeah hey I've got a question for you Um, you know doing that Super Luigi U video I recorded it at 1080p and with the max settings, like Elgato's highest settings. Yeah. Um, But I noticed the frame rate was only, it was kind of choppy. And if you watch the video, you can kind of see it's not super smooth. Um, So I was wondering if just doing 720p at 60 frames a second would fix that. Um, Uh,
0: The actual video file that is like on your desktop when you're done recording, does that look fine or that um, is what looks a little off?
1: It still looks – It I think it's – well, I'm pretty sure 1080p, it only records at 30 frames a yeah. second. So, I mean – but even at 30 frames a second, I I'd figured it would look a little bit smoother than it does. The
0: thing uh, is, Austin, is um. what's actually happening is when you used your old device, which was just S-Video or Composite, the box itself was—it um, was actually interlacing, and that's why it looks so smooth. And what you're doing now, so even though it was 30 frames per second, because it was kind of combining two frames, you get like a slight blur that smooths everything out. Like if you watch one of my Saturn videos and then you watch one of your Saturn videos, you're gonna notice a huge difference because mine was recorded progressively. 30 frames a second and yours was not so it actually will look a little different than what you're used to simply because it's recording 30 specific frames obviously tossing out 31 33 35 um so that's actually what's happening it's probably not choppy at all it's just not as smooth because you're not getting that kind of uh you know those those cheap hundred dollar boxes that you use don't de-interlace so you're actually just sort of getting you know an artificial smoothness to it. Yeah. If that well, makes sense. I mean
1: with with my my composite box, I mean it's basically an analog to digital converter. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what it is uh, and a, so a that weak, kind of makes weak sense. Video, yeah, yeah a bad but video But with the, these HD capture devices, it's, it's digital to digital. So yeah. it's, it's, you know, in a progressive signal, it's obviously going to be interlaced already because that's what progressive is yeah I had a good so, conversation
0: I mean, with Kevin over at Reboot about it he was like you know he got the um, the XRGB Mini and he's got an RGB cable for his Jag and he was recording the footage and he was just like you know it's not smooth I don't understand what's going on I'm like it's <laughs> it's YouTube dropping it down to 30 frames a second yeah. so you don't yeah. get that awesome you know that parallax scrolling where when you watch it at 60 frames a second it's unbelievable and then when you watch it on youtube it, it just sort of looks choppy it has nothing yeah. to do with anything other than the fact that youtube will only display 30 frames a second yeah so like when i watched your luigi man, uh luigi U video it, it looked completely normal to me i didn't notice anything abnormal at all
1: okay so i shouldn't really worry about it then but no. it was it was recorded at uh, 1080p, and let me actually bring up the the file right now just to make sure it is 30 frames a second. It might actually be uh, a little bit less because I was thinking maybe the problem I had with the Roxio is it just it didn't it didn't seem smooth to me in, in the frame rate department. But mm-hmm. you know the Elgato is kind of doing the same thing. But so now I'm thinking maybe that's normal. Like you said, maybe I'm just
0: you're used to that.
1: Yeah, I'm too used Mm -hmm. to it. The
0: non-de-interlacing on a composite signal.
1: Yeah, no, it says that the 1080p footage is 29 frames per second. Yeah, Um,
0: 29.97. Okay, so maybe it can actually record 1080p at 60 frames a second.
1: That very well could be. Yeah, I don't think it can. I think it... uh, I think a lot of these actually, a lot of these HD capture devices have a really hard time doing that. And I think I read it's because the bandwidth over USB 2.0 yeah. is a little slow. So,
0: the um, reason I record, you know, I record at 720p uh, one, file size and then processing power. Two, you know, I do a lot of old games where there's not 1080p worth of detail, there's like 320p worth of detail. So, it really doesn't matter. And even like 360 games, they're rendered internally at 720p. So, you know what I mean? It really doesn't matter at this point, you know, in the future. Oh, so
1: 360 games are rendered at 720p max, most, and then they're upscaled? Most basically. games
0: are, yeah, internally they're at 720p. Oh, uh, I didn't I, know that. Okay. And then the Xbox scales them up.
1: That explains why a game at, you know... 1080 just doesn't actually kind of look like it's 1080 if you know what i mean i'm
0: sure you could do some research and find some probably i would assume there's probably some indie games you know that are just like flash that have no problems rendering at that resolution but we got to remember too the xbox 360 only has 512 megs of ram you know things like that all matter so most most 360 games are not you know, re- rendered at 1080p internally. It's it's upscaled, yeah. like Gran Turismo 4 on the PlayStation 2 had a 1080i mode. Yeah, you know, it, it was 480p, <laughs> then done in when widescreen was... and then blown up. You know what and I mean? Blown
1: up. Okay.
0: There's actually a couple Xbox original Xbox games that actually do uh, 720p. Um, MX versus ATV Unleashed, um, Microsoft's snowboarding game. I forget what it's called. Amped, Amped. Two. Uh, runs oh, at 720p. Okay. There's like 10-ish games that actually render at
1: 720p the yeah, Xbox. see, I, I thought the original Xbox could do actual, actual HD. And yeah. And I'm looking at all my boxes, and I'm like, all these just do 480. Like, that's not HD. I'm like, yeah, it's progressive, but it still looks like doo-doo on like <laughs> a moderate HD television. Yeah, one of the, I it think like awful. NBA
0: 2K4 or something actually yeah. does 720p. Oh, Soul Calibur, Austin. The, the Soul Calibur uh, game on the Xbox. It did render okay. at 720p, however, it couldn't do the full widescreen. You had black bars on the left and right. Uh, but it's actually quite, quite beautiful. Hmm. So, yeah, if you anybody interested in that, and now I can already see Austin, you know, busting out his component cables and recording some Xbox no, at 720p.
1: No. <laughs> Although what's cool is the Elgato does have component input. Um, mm-hmm. I actually had a question about that as well, since you've obviously used your Elgato more than I have. Um... It's got that uh, the AV port, which it comes with the adapters, so you can plug component into it. Yeah. If you want to stream that out to your television, does it just output through the HDMI? Like, does it? Yeah. Oh, it does. Okay, so oh, that's actually really good to know. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Oh, I'm totally gonna record some PSP footage. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I've got. I've been thinking about it too, man. The PSP. That screen looks beautiful, and then it as does. soon as you play it on a forty-inch television, it looks like shit. It Looks awful. <laughs> it looks terrible. It probably looks fine on like a, a standard CRT.
1: It looks great on my my HD CRT. Yeah, it looks fantastic. Oh my actually. god! If
0: you plug it into your LCD, it's just going to be like this. Looks so blocky. It's so strange. <laughs> it's really strange. I hey, never you really. Could, used... You could
1: spend the eighty dollars and get one of those like conversion devices that blows it up to the full screen. Probably sharpens out the, the image.
0: Austin, I have an XRGB Mini. I don't need your eighty-dollar device.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hey there, <laughs> Mister. <laughs>
0: no, I feed. Uh, I do feed the PSP and the GameCube actually. Uh, both those via component through my XRGB Mini video processor and then onto my plasma television in the bedroom.
1: Yeah, you go. You brag.
0: I know. I love bringing it up. It's so awesome. I hope it doesn't die or I'm going to be very sad. The day that stops working. Oh, God. I don't want to think about it. All right. So, anyway, uh, if you want to buy the terrible Roxio device, uh, leave a message for Austin or track him down on Atariage or YouTube and send him a private message and I'm sure he'll be more than happy to sell it to you.
1: $50 shifts. It's a (laughs) $150 device. $50. Uh, no, it's, I mean, it worked for my, like, I, I did, uh, two Let's Plays on the Pinball Arcade, mm-hmm. and they both turned out fine. Uh, there's yeah. a little glitching in my Medieval Madness one, but not too much. I mean, they both turned out fine. Um, my test video, you saw that. It, yeah. The footage looked fantastic. It, it did. Looked great. It did. And, that's the thing, is the video quality in the Roxy is perfectly fine. It, I'd say it's on par with the Elgato. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's probably quite similar. That's why I bought the Roxio is because I watched him review. The guy was like, it's on par with the Elgato. I don't see any difference. And I was like, okay, I'm sold. It's only a hundred bucks on sale. So that's going to be my entryway into it. But I get it. It's, you know, software problems. I read reviews on it afterwards or troubleshooting forum threads. I'm sorry. People have had problems with it. Blah, blah, blah. Support kind of sucks on it. Um, it's hard to fix the glitching issue. Um, and the, I, I don't know. The nail in the coffin for it was my Wii U. I bought a second Wii U mm-hmm. for my room. So obviously so I can play it in my room, but also so I can record footage on a regular basis. Yeah, And it just hated the Wii U. So I was like, you suck, Roxio. I'm buying an <laughs> Elgato. And I watched that Elgato versus the Hog, and I was like... Halfway through, I was like, I'm buying the Elgato. <laughs> <laughs> I just charged it to my credit card on Amazon. So two <laughs> days later, it showed up at my door.
0: Yeah, that's exciting. I, I, hopefully, so, you know, you don't experience any problems with this. And
1: It was very frustrating. Because it sounds like so. the, the the
0: production workflow is going to be a million times easier.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, not that the production workflow was that bad. Because, like, remember when Kevin, he uh, posted a comment. And he's like, dude, like, you have to convert. And I was like... Oh, I don't actually mind it because it gives me time to like go do laundry and do the dishes and stuff like that. <laughs> he was making excuses anyway. for himself. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> no, I, I really, like it. I like it. I don't really care. No, I, it's not that like I liked it. It's that I didn't care because, you know, I come home from work, you know, it, I let the video ex- um sorry, convert for 20 or 30 minutes, whatever. I've got to do other stuff anyway. So it's like, kind of a no like big deal. Really, it's an extra yeah, step, but it's, it's, whatever. Exactly. It's a it, no big deal. So. But it's nice that I don't have to do that now. So if I really just want to get down and, and, uh, you know, get to video editing, Record not that I do a lot of editing on my Let's Plays, but I do very little editing on my Let's Plays. So they aren't that much work anyway. I just, as long as I can have a video file that works and is complete and, oh, uh, yeah. I'm excited. That's, that's all I care about.
0: Uh, there's no go-karting tomorrow. The track's flooded, so I
1: might try
0: to get something up tomorrow. Yeah. I need to. I'm slacking again really bad.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, Chris, you've you've been busy. You've done st- you've been to Pokémon tournaments probably every weekend. You've been go-karting probably every weekend. Yeah, you but got I got a could girlfriend. Get home. You got you know, she's got kids. You guys got stuff to do. It's like YouTube comes still, last. you know,
0: sometimes I oh, get from yeah. home from work and I'll plop down on the bed and catch up on last week's, you know, uh, daily show. And it's like, well, that's, you know, an hour and a half. I could have done something more productive. Yeah. You know, oh, well. No, that's all right, true. Austin.
1: I, I'll come home and I'll just sit on YouTube or I'll sit on Facebook or something really, really yeah. stupid like that or bounce between all the forums. Even mm-hmm. though I'm already looking at all the forums when I'm at work, it's like, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, I don't know what it is, man. But yeah, um, this week I've actually been playing just games. I come home and I've just played games. Uh, played a lot of Sega Saturn actually. So, but it looks like we're kind of you know getting towards the end here, and I'm. Just...
0: Well, I uh, so I'm at uh, the game trade right, and I'm trading in just a box of random crap because I need to get a 360, and I don't really have any money. So I'm just kind of waiting, you know, I have this big box of stuff and I'm waiting for him to, you know, go on eBay and look at the buy it now and do the math on what he'll give me. And, you know, so I'm just kind of scrounging through everything in the store. And, uh, you know, there's that 360 that I'm obviously going to gonna get. Customer comes in with three games and he processes his transaction. And then I hear the guy who's selling his stuff like, oh, wow, that much for Robo Alest? And immediately I turn around because I heard this. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I like, you know, I'm six foot five, so I kind of peek up a bit, and there it is. The guy Give just literally traded in up. a mint condition Robo OS for the Sega yeah. CD. You know, and he's like, oh, I didn't know these Sega CD games were worth anything. And then, you know, the store owner's like, yeah, you know, some of them are. So, uh, got you know, the guy's with his kid, you know, they have all this credit now, so they're looking at DES games. And I immediately walk up there and I look at Greg and I point to that and, I'm, you know, point to myself, like, I want that. And he kind of gave me the nod, like, it's yours. So the guy finally leaves, and uh, yeah, just like that. Just random chance. Some guy, you know, for... This guy, I guess, according to the store owner, every you know every week he brings in a couple of his old games to trade in. It's always just crazy shit that he must have not, whoops, crazy things that he uh, just never let go <laughs> from his past. So now I own a like mint, like not even a scratch on the jewel case copy of Robo. How, mu- how
1: much did you pay for it?
0: Uh, forty.
1: Oh, that's that's see, that's a good price. I think I paid like fifty-ish for mine. Um, yeah, when I had it, I ended up selling it my last big sell-off, but. Um, Fifty, yeah, is about the average going price, I think. So forty is—it's a nice price. So
0: he was just—I yeah. guess a couple of weeks ago, somebody was like going to sell something to him, and then like another customer is like, "No, I'll give you more," and like robbed him of his sale. And It just seems like such a dick move to me. Like, why on earth would you do that? You're in somebody's store, and then you know he's conducting business, and then you take that business away from him. Like, what is that? Yeah. You know, I'm sure he only gave him fifteen or twenty for it. You know, I assume he doubles his money or whatever. I'm not quite sure how game stores and stuff like that works. I'm pretty sure that's about the ratio. Yeah, they
1: do that. They, I mean, they use use just pure profit. Yeah, I mean, provided you sell for more than what you paid the guy for. But what he probably did is gave the guy fifteen bucks and he sold it to you for forty, so Mm -hmm. he ended up making twenty five dollars. But he was like, you know, thank you
0: for not, you know, you know. Being that guy, you know, because yeah. I could have offered, I'll give you twenty, you know, and just call. it's like no, I wouldn't do that yeah. to you. This is your place I, of business. I've, I've <laughs> done that. I've done
1: that before, but not at like um, a story like that. I've done it on like Funko Lands and uh, oh, <laughs> GameStop. Oh, no, where it's like eh, that's okay, F- GameStop. GameStop. <laughs> <I don't. laughs>
0: yeah. So, no, I was really excited, and then, uh, my Sega CDX is now on the fritz, so, uh, I've barely played it. Uh, good game. Um, obviously, it's a sequel to Musha. Uh, the gameplay no, mechanics sort of, are a yeah. little more dumbed down, and the game's a little more difficult. Uh, it's okay. I- I'm not in love with it by any stretch. Yeah, no, of the I'm
1: not, I'm not in love with Robo Lest either. I like it, and I like to go back to it, but it's, uh, it just doesn't. It doesn't feel as polished as Musha was. Yeah. Uh, the, I, everything just feels a little more clunky. And yeah. uh, the sound effects don't. Sound uh, effects are weak. Yeah, very weak in, in Robo Less. But I mean, it's still a good game. It's I definitely just not, recommend trying it out. Yeah. It's just not that $50 shoot 'em up that it goes yeah. for.
0: Robo or Barry Arm. What is the other one? Revenge Android of Assault. The, Android Assault. That's a good game. Right now, I'm thinking it's better. No,
1: yeah. it's way better. Trust me.
0: And then I got to play um, a Turbo Express for the first time. We had talked about this a while ago, and I was really curious about the screen, because I knew it was an expensive system, and I was under the impression that the screen was better than a, a Game Gear or an Atari Lynx, which are almost unplayable in today's day and age. It's
1: probably about the same, right?
0: No, it's miles ahead. It is. Ahead. Way it, it is oh my okay. god! Yeah. It,
1: well, now you kind of make me want to get a Turbo Express so I can put my flashcard in it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's you know the obviously it's you know 1991, so it's not like a DS or anything, but the screen is significantly sharper. You don't have to hold it at like the specific angle to sort of see the screen. Like it, it's beautiful. It's probably comparable to like early digital cameras. Yeah. Um Or you know the screen the colors were pretty right on, but it was all kind of pixelated and strange. I don't quite know how to explain it. Never really seen a screen like it, but it's very playable. You know, the blacks are blacks, the whites are white, and uh, it doesn't look awful. You know, it's very playable. So I was yeah. very excited to actually get my, you know, play with one, which was pretty sweet, and, uh, you know, kind of finally see what that was like. Because, you know, I thought it was better. I just, you know, there's not really much information out there about it. yeah. <laughs> Not other than that, Austin. I beat Tokyo Extreme Racer again. Although this time I used the Datsun
1: for which, the ninety-ninth time. Yeah. <laughs> so uh,
0: the Datsun is an unlockable car. You have to beat the single-player mode, which you have to. <laughs> it's ninety-nine consecutive races, and your health bar travels through the entire ninety-nine races. So it's kind of brutal, and like the last seven, six or seven racers are actually all of the bosses, the divas, and the devils. So it was very difficult. I think it took me, God, two hours to f- unlock. Well, first you have to do well enough in the quest to have a car that's capable of beating the single-player mode. And then from there you can get the Datsun. But I beat uh, beat the game with the Datsun for the first time. So that was kind mm-hmm. of a, a little mini milestone for me. Nice. And then uh, I honestly think Tokyo Extreme Racer 1 might be better than Tokyo Extreme Racer 2.
1: It Probably is Tokyo I mean, it's, Extreme it's,
0: Racer 2, I remember loving, but uh, it, it the pace is so much slower, and they're like 300 something rivals. And um,
1: the, uh, Tokyo screen, Extreme Racer 1 is that perfect like balance, uh, yeah, for style and substance and pacing. Yeah, the pacing is just really well done in the first one, it, does, it didn't really need to be changed, you know, it's yeah. just or extended even, I guess is what I mean. You don't need three hundred cars. The the amount in the first one is perfectly fine. Yeah. You know, it's perfectly competent and it got it just right on the yeah. first try, which is kind of impressive. So
0: so that Austin was the end of my list. RoboLess, Turbo Express, US. Xbox One, Tokyo Extreme Racer, and your thoughts on Luigi Yu So
1: we we spent the entire episode talking about the lame ass Xbox One. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we, we spent the last ten minutes talking about retro goodness. For that, guys, I apologize. It's all Chris's fault. It is.
0: I don't apologize. <laughs> i actually enjoyed the show
1: (laughs) i know before the show started i was like chris we should not talk about very specific topics and he was like what i was like i knew it in modern modern consoles and he was like no sorry we have to talk about that i was like god
0: (laughs) it's an important it's a complete contrast to." well let me wrap up this show with my
1: own bit of retro goodness uh this past week i've been playing the sega saturn a lot my brother and i both have actually and uh Uh, He picked up Sonic Jam last weekend, and uh, we both sat down on Sunday night, started up Sonic 2, and rolled through the entire game. Uh, It took me about three hours to do it because I was purposely trying to go for all the Chaos Emeralds (laughs) um, to get Super Sonic. And I actually posted a picture on my Gameplay and Talk Facebook showing Super Sonic, and that was of that gameplay session. I had like 19 lives in that, that photograph. <laughs> Cause, uh, yeah. So that was a lot of fun. Sonic 2 is just such a great game. Um, and then I've been playing Dragon Force throughout the week for the Sega Saturn. I just uploaded a video of that yesterday. Uh, pretty much about an hour long video of me explaining the game. Cause it's, it's a pretty in depth game. It's pretty involved. So, uh, and with me not being able to, <laughs> stay on topic mm-hmm. half the time uh, It's it took a long time to explain that game but it's a really really cool strategy role playing game more strategy war game than role playing game but it has some RPG elements and a uh, great game put a lot of time into that this past week probably about 10 hours worth and uh yeah I'm probably about a third of the way through the game I still got a long ways to go but fun game and uh ah, did I do anything else um uh, I did a let's play on Galactic Attack for the Saturn, which I'll probably upload next week. Very nice. That is what is
0: Galactic Attack?
1: Uh, vertical shoot 'em up.
0: Ah, that's right.
1: Yeah, Uh, Ray Storm is the sequel to it. Was that published Uh, by
0: Acclaim? The first one was, yeah. Uh huh. Ah,
1: I'll be damned. And Ray Storm was published by Working Designs on the PS2. And then the third one, Ray Crisis, was also published by Working Designs. Who, funny enough, published Dragon Force on the Saturn. So.
0: <laughs> That's so weird, a claim publishing a good game.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, is that
0: a Taito shooter?
1: It is, it okay. is, yeah. Well, you know what, Chris? There's actually a lot more I want to talk about. We're, we're already at the hour, 22 minute mark, and. Uh, but then again, we can go a little bit longer now, because you're. Space limitations on your new server aren't uh forty megabytes anymore <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was uh it was an issue with oh, i don't even remember i don't know i've got ai yeah, I guess I got time otherwise we could i don't know how much more you have to talk about we can either let this um, go for an hour and a half or split it
1: nah we'll we'll uh We'll go ahead and just cut it off. We'll save it all for the next episode. There's a lot of retro stuff to talk about. Next episode will okay. be an entirely retro. Oriented, yeah, we'll so.
0: have uh, not piss, uh, wasted our weekends away go-karting, pinballing, and card trading. So,
1: Yeah, I don't know what my pinball tournament schedule is going to be like for the next month. but uh, I've got one on the 13th, but it's not going to hinder us from doing a podcast because it's I don't have to go until like 5 or 6 p.m. or something like that. Yeah, So... Um, but, well, I uh, want to
0: hear yeah. our listeners' thoughts on specifically, not to beat a dead horse, but what was your reaction to Microsoft's used game announcement? Um, where do you think the future of digital distribution is? And uh, does anybody have any thoughts on the PlayStation 4 at all? Because <laughs> it doesn't seem that way.
1: Its games look better. No, Do that's they? not true. No, <laughs> nah, they, they're they're both pretty even in terms yeah, of games. I imagine. that. I mean, even. Xbox has freaking Killer Instinct, man, and uh, trust me, I was I was excited for that. I, I saw the video. I was actually kind of impressed. So yeah, it's, you know they're trying to stay true to the original Ki, and you know me, I have a Ki two arcade machine in mm-hmm. my apartment, so it's like you know, I, I love that series, and um, so that's definitely got me interested in the Xbox One, but I'm not willing to shell out five hundred bucks for it. Yeah. So.
0: And then, uh, any thoughts uh, to our listeners on where the Wii U is going to fit on, fit in on all of this? Because at the moment, it kind of, kind of seems like it's getting squeezed out. But you know, it's, it's maybe gonna the game shelf <laughs>
1: <laughs> in both of my rooms. Right on.
0: Alrighty. So with that, uh, any f- closing thoughts? Um.
1: Yay i have no idea i want to say thanks for listening guys we we apologize for the the short break but uh we are back and hopefully we can keep this up um but you know sometimes life gets in the way tournaments get in the way (laughs) more specifically (laughs) and uh life gets in the way so um but uh you know hopefully we've got another episode up in two weeks so but we are not going anywhere
0: the room goes anything, quiet <laughs> no, i thought you're just gonna like roll with it he's chris i'm austin
1: blah 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 oh no Stay in two sorry. weeks
0: <laughs> see you guys in two weeks <laughs> take it easy